Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be under the Spirit of God. I'd rather be totally uh, under that influence, um, the joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit of God is joy. And so when you're losing your joy and you're losing the, the fullness of the Spirit, um, it really begins to uh, show on you in a very powerful mindset. Um, I'm excited because the people that you least expected are the people that the Spirit of God is touching. And um, the day before yesterday, I had the, the blessing to see one of these young uh, men who has pretty much taken the heart of our nation because for the last nine years, he's been part of a uh, sitcom or a series, a comedy series called Two and a Half Men. You would recall that Charlie Sheen was one of the main actors. It's the most corrupt, perverse, and twisted series of our day. And it's just permeating uh, rebellion and mockery and sarcasm into our atmosphere. And, um, and almost like American uh, are eating that pig food. They're, they're eating that. They're nourishing their lives. And then they're taking it to their homes. And they, they treat their parents like this. They treat one another like this. Um, yesterday, I went to a young man's house. And I was telling him, look, this is what's going on. He said, I love that program. I said, I'm sure you do. But now listen to what the man who is in that program, his name is uh, Angus T. Jones, who's the actor who plays Jacob Harper, and I just learned this over the last couple of days because he testifies of this program. I have not sat through one of these series at all. Uh, obviously, I'm not in that age frame that Satan wants to uh, corrupt and contaminate, but I want you to hear from this man's own words, um, his testimony, how he has come to the Lord and he advises young people of our day to stay away from that garbage. Let's go ahead and play this little, it's a short video clip, uh, testimony of him coming to the Lord. And, uh, and then we'll get on with today's word. But this is very powerful. The Spirit of God is moving upon the earth. And the promise is it's going to be on all flesh. You know, I, I figured that there was, you know, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't... Uh, that was unacceptable for me. I couldn't, I, I, it was just, it was bad news. And so after that, I started, you know, to really start to get to, into reading um, the Bible. And I started to look for a, uh, a church uh, to start going to. And because I went to a Christian school, I, um, you know, I had a lot of people whose families went to church every Sunday. So uh, every Sunday I was going to like three or four churches and I was, I was just looking for the right church. You know, I heard some awesome sermons, and you know, got some, some good learning and stuff. But uh, I just don't, I don't know. There wasn't anything that was stand, sticking out to me. And um, then a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine at school, had told me about. He said a friend of his, and, and this friend was all, was the was the friend that couldn't go out on Friday nights. Hey. And, and things like that, and we never knew why. And um, and he he told me his told me about a friend of his church that was a uh, that uh, I was looking to go to a church with an all black congregation, and uh, kind of a you know I was I guess you could say I was looking for like a black gospel theme. I don't know. I was just I like black people, 
and uh, I'm not afraid to say it. And um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know, I say uh, I say yeah, black. Yeah, yeah. I say black because like I have a friend, a friend of mine. He was a Bible worker, and he's black. And he says to me, "I'm not African American. Right. I was not born in Africa. I am black." Right. Uh, he says that to me, and so I, I, I'm now. I'm not afraid. I, I you know. Black people, are, black people rock. You're good. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just have to make sure because you know I don't. I don't know. If, you know I know some people take things personally. I mean, no offense uh, at no, all no. whatsoever no. to anyone. Angus, to you, is, Angus is good. Angus is good. Oh. You're good. You're good, bro. You're good. You, you got to pass. Bro. Yeah. You're okay. Good. You're good. Um, <laughs> um, so I was looking to go. I was looking to go. Uh, and he was telling this friend, this friend of a friend who I met once, whose name was Moses. Right told me about this church and it was on Saturday and I was like all right and I the first day I went there I went I went by myself and I the message like I walked in and I sat down kind of in the back right. and um, the message that the, pe- the, the the pastor was preaching that day was tailor-made for me everything about the message was me was my life what I needed to do like the answers everything was me and it was just like it was then like then like that was the church that was my church and then you know i i started the bible work at the church uh nelson jones um started uh and that's funny nelson jones is the bible worker i'm angry um he started uh he, he came over one day randomly uh just out of the blue came over and was like you want to have bible study i was like sure and i think that day he showed me uh what the Bible taught about hell, and I was just like, "Wow, this is this is really like this, this is really awesome. This is really interesting. This seems so much more appropriate and obvious, and it's right from the Bible. Like it was just it was really interesting. I just kept learning uh, the basic the basic messages of uh, the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and I was just every single time I was learning all this new stuff." I just loved it. It was like it was so great to it was so clear too. It wasn't it wasn't it didn't seem like I was being tricked, you know, of course all my family and right. not all my family, but some of my family were like, Oh he, he's going to that SDA church, those cults are <laughs> cult. No 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 right. like trying to tell me to get out of there but like it wasn't I I I I, I, I didn't feel like I was being fooled and I just like the just like I could study it study it for myself. And it was there in the Bible. It was like there was no. And that's what's most important. It's it right was there, there in the Bible. Amen. It's there, and there's no, there's no evidence for the opposing views, mm-hmm. and that's you know the the, you know, there was no way of getting around it. You know, it was just it was and it was awesome. It, it felt, it felt right. It, applying it to my life, like, uh, starting to observe the Sabbath, like. The Sabbath is great. Like it's it's just like I can I know that it's a ble- it's been an extreme blessing in my life it's and I'm bad. so thankful for it. And um, been keeping the Sabbath to a certain degree, not pro- not properly probably, but um, now I'm 100. percent I I sundown sundown Friday sundown Saturday. Um, I you know I make sure make sure to uh, keep it to the point because it's an absolute. It's been a, it's been an absolute blessing in my life. So you know, just learning the truth is one of those things that I've that has it's it's so it's you know changed my life thoroughly and just 
you know, given me like a whole new, like wait, like just every single day, you know, no matter what happens in the day, just it's just a great day, you know, because I uh, get to be a part of what's God, what God is doing in this world, which is which is just crazy that the Creator of the universe even even is concerned, or is, I'm allowed to, you know, I'm allowed to be a part of the work. Recently, I started taking a, uh, I, I took kind of a, an all-inclusive evangelism class uh, in, that End Times Like These Ministries puts on, and um, I just finished that recently, and that was super awesome. Started to learn the sanctuary message, and all, I've been learning the prophecy, and the prophecy messages, and everything, and of course, I, uh, I, was, I was hip to your videos. Uh, I, th I think even before I got I got into uh, into into the church. Uh, the first video that I saw was the the video about ASAP Rocky and the the effects of you know that music genre and things like that. And I just been I've been you know watching watching the videos when it when it you know I just I, Forerunner Chronicles. I, I love watching Forerunner Chronicles. All the information is so great and uh, it's just. Your 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 videos have no doubt been a blessing to me. And it's it's wild, you know. It's funny. I sent you I sent you an email uh, just a couple weeks ago, just thinking just so I could get your opinion on a few things. And then uh, Mike Johnson says that you called him yeah. to get a hold of me, and now you're here in California. Praise God, like, God, yeah, God God is good. God is good. Like God. things like that. Like that's that's really like you know. People see me. People see me, and they're like, "Whoa, you're Jake!" And like, I see, I see this guy. And I'm like, "Dang, man of God, forerunner, uh, right no, here. No, I'm, I can, I can touch no, him. I can." No, like, no, 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 like, no, like seriously. Good, bro, yeah, yeah, God is, God is great. Like, it's just, it's like one of those things. That's, that's, that's that. I, I like that. That's what I like. Like, I mean, Jake from Two and a Half Men means nothing. He is non-existent character. He's. Two and a half men. If you watch Two and a Half Men, please stop watching Two and a Half Men. I'm on Two and a Half Men. I don't want to be on it. Please stop watching it. Please stop filling your head with filth. Please. It's. It's you know people say it's just entertainment. The the fact that it's entertainment. It, it's. Do some research on the effects of television and your brain. And I promise you, you'll you'll have a decision. You'll have a decision to make when it comes to the television, and especially with what you watch on the television. Uh, it, it's bad news. It's bad news. So that's coming. I don't know if it means any more coming from me, um, but you might not have heard it otherwise. So uh, just watch out. Watch out, because the a lot of people don't like to think about how deceptive the enemy is. That's right. Way more. He's been doing this for a lot longer than any of us have been around, so we can't play around. There's no, there's no playing around when it comes to uh, eternity. Let Christ, let Christ work in your life, and uh, try and be a uh, filter for His love because there's. It's, otherwise, other and, my, and for myself, if I'm not, if I'm not doing His work. I really, I don't want to, I, I might as well just die now, I might as well, you know, God could take me now, God could, even if I, you know, if I'm not doing, if I'm not, if I'm doing more harm than good, or if I'm doing any harm, I, I don't, 
I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to contribute to the enemy's plan. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things like we can, if we're, if we're, if we're lukewarm and if we, uh, you know, if we're behaving like the Laodiceans, you know, it might cause more, and it's going to cause a lot more harm because people will see us and be like, oh, I can, I can be a Christian and be on a show like Two and a Half Men. I, you can't. You cannot be a true God-fearing person and be on a television show like that. Uh, I know I can't. I can. I'm not okay with what I'm learning, what the Bible says, and being on that television show. So you know, just it's you go all or nothing. If I'm not ready right now, I'm ready to be ready. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I like that. Amen. So yeah. Amen. Amen. So you guys got a picture of how powerful the Spirit of the Lord is falling on those that want to fill themselves with the Spirit of the Lord. And at the same time, the Spirit of this world is filling those people that want to be a filter for the Spirit of this world. And so you decide whose vessel you're going to be. This program started nine years ago, and it attacks our generation in a very pinpointed manner and I'll show you guys try and look at this introduction to this program that he's just talking about, Two and a Half Men. And you tell me what figure upon the planet Earth is Satan targeting? And watch. Let's watch this little. That's him in the middle. Nine years ago. Two and a half men. So who is Satan targeting? Isn't that incredible? And so we, we are the, the counterforce. We are coming against the spirit of this age. And uh, there's a more excellent spirit that is upon us. Um, and before we share the word of God tonight, I, I thank God. Um, we got our announcement this morning that Luigi Boria became the mayor of the city of Doral. Really powerful. You can praise the Lord. Uh, we just got back from his swearing in where they swore him in. And so now we have a spirit-filled Christian man at the front of the city. Uh, he's a bold man. Um, one of the things that is most concerning for us seeing what was going on over there is that he will be governing the city with four women. Because the council... Uh, of the city is, is just women. And women that are married, they have children, they have families, but they're governing the city. And we were talking about how men in our generation do not want to take responsibility. They do not want to lead by example. And so um, you see that this is the, the consequence all around the nations, uh, the nations of the world, when there's corrupt leaders. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12, that young, uh, immature men and women will be the rulers of the land because men re- resist and refuse to lead um, their homes. They don't want to be a husband. They don't want to be a father. And they refuse to, to lead the nation. And so um, we thank God for people like Luigi Boria, uh, who is a, a, a strong man at home, being a loving husband and a great father. And now he is sitting at the gates of the city 
concerning himself with the affairs of the city of Doral. And so that to us is, is good. Um, tomorrow I take off to Switzerland, and I'll be with Pastor Desmond. Uh, we're going to have a treat on Sunday here at Spring of Life because some of our favorite preachers are coming down from Lakeland. I told you about Robert Crosby and his wife Pamela, and uh, they will be uh, ministering here Sunday morning uh, at 10 o'clock and at 12 o'clock. And they, we were with them uh, for 10 days in uh, Peru and became very, 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 very good friends. And uh, they have a keen, and we've knitted our hearts together. They have uh, the same spirit as ours. They have the same passion. They were youth pastors. They were pastors. And now they are theologians. They're Bible scholars at the, uh, one of the best Bible colleges in all of the nation, which is Southeastern Christian College there in Lakeland. So I announced it to him at the very last minute. I said, hey, uh, uh, Dr. Crosby, would you come? Because I'll be out of town. And he goes, yeah, but you won't be there. I go, yeah, but I'll be back and you'll come back. So he's, he, he checked his schedule and he was able to break away. And him and his wife have a powerful message called the will of man and the way of a woman. Really powerful. And so I asked them to share that message with us. And I hope you're here on Sunday and you bring whoever needs help being a man and a real woman. And it's going to be a powerful time of ministry. Um, so let's go ahead and get in the word of God tonight. Father, we thank you for your peace upon our lives. We give you thanks for your presence. We give you thanks for your word that reveals your truth and we can live in this world, Father, as, you're, as you counsel us led by your spirit. Fill us with your grace, O oh God, that we might uh, be able to, to fulfill the call of God upon our life, Lord. Like Paul told Timothy, let the grace of God be strong in your life. And Father, allow us to walk in the humility that allows the grace to fall. As you give grace to the humble and resist the proud, Lord, give us a, a broken heart, Lord, because you're close to the brokenhearted, Lord. And Father, renew a steadfast spirit and a right spirit within our hearts that we might be able to live this life as you would have us do so. We pray that your peace would be upon us tonight and that your word would reveal to us your heart and your desire for us and that we might grow and that we might be strong in your word and in the power of your might. Bless and prosper your word in the hearts of your people. I pray in Jesus' name we say amen. Hallelujah. We start out tonight with Acts chapter 2. We continue our series on the book of Acts. I've called this message a world changing, the world-changing spirit of God. Because that is the place and the time where the spirit of God comes in a powerful visitation to the Lord's disciple. He had told them previously in chapter 1 that they were to go to Jerusalem and wait there and not leave until the Spirit of God came down upon them. And so along those lines, we see in Acts chapter 2 that the chapter begins with, and on the day of Pentecost, really important um, Many people don't have a clue what Pentecost is. You should have a clue, and it should be uh, something that you're able to explain um, in a manner with, with great understanding. We know that it is a Jewish feast. It's a Jewish celebration. So the, the Jewish calendar was marked all around the year by different feasts and different times. We have the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles, where there was another feast. It was called the Feast of Pentecost 
or the day of Pentecost. And it comes from the word 50. And how it all comes about is that there were previous uh, um, calendar dates that were important for the Jewish people. And this particular calendar date, is since it's Penta, which means five, um, uh, 50 days after Passover. So you, you guys all remember, right, the Ten Commandments when they killed the lamb and they put the blood up on the doorpost, they were celebrating Passover. The death angel passed over. So every year in that time, the Jewish people would celebrate Passover. And so it happened to be that 50 days from Passover, as they left Egypt, and you count 50 days, they were meeting in Mount Sinai. And it was there that God wanted to meet his people personally. Up until this point, it was Moses that was leading them out of Egypt. And God says, I want you to gather all the people, and I want you guys to stand at the foot of Mount Sinai. This was a mountain 50 days into travel um, that they found themselves before. And God invited his people to come up to the mountain. He says, you guys are going to stand around this mountain, and when I come down, then you will come up in an orderly fashion. Now, you know that when God is coming down to visit his people, things start stirring up. So the mountains started shaking, the lightning started flashing, and God was making his great entrance, upon, and the people took off. They started running. They're like, I'm out of here. I'm not going to sit around. So let's understand this. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says that all these things represent, they have a symbolic value. Let no one judge you in food and drink regarding these feasts, festivals, or new moon or Sabbath. They're, they're, they're all across the board at different times, different seasons, different recognitions. And he says, each one is special to each person. Uh, I don't know, do you remember the day you got saved? I remember for me, it was January 1st, 1984. And that was the night that I said, Lord, I need you. I need you to come into my life. I need you to change me. So that's my special date of the year. It was a new year, and I was there giving my heart and my life to God in a very serious format. I had been to church before, but it was that night that I celebrate the day I came to the Lord. And I got serious, doing some serious business. It becomes like your spiritual birthday. I mean, I was born physically on July 14th, but my spiritual birthday is January 1st. That's when Jesus came into my life and just started doing amazing work. So there it tells us, let no one sit there and make one day more special. You notice in this video with Angus T. Jones, he says that he's part of the Seventh-day Adventist, and they keep the Sabbath from Friday, the sundown, to Saturday, the sundown, and, and they don't do anything, and that's the day they celebrate. Praise God. Um, I would say in Spanish, que lindo, that he has set aside that time that he could sit there and, and, and dedicate it to the Lord. And so uh, we'll see people mark different dates and different things, the Jewish people uh, with Hanukkah and, and all the historical celebrations they have. Praise God. It's a time that they said, we're not going to be uh, messing with these scenarios. But the Bible says in verse 17, it says that these things uh, serve for us as, as shadows, symbols of the things to come. But the reality is Christ. So if anybody ever says, do you keep the Sabbath? You say, yeah, because Jesus says, I am the Sabbath, and we keep Jesus. Amen? So we, we keep Jesus all the time. Every day is a day of rest for us. In the Old Testament, they had the symbolic day of the Sabbath, so the people set aside to be close to God. Well, we set aside every day because Jesus is our Sabbath. He's our rest. 
And, and that was, that's what the Bible is saying, that these things are a shadow of the things that would come in the future, but the reality is Christ, and all these things point to him. So we see that there in Acts chapter 2, we see the day of Pentecost in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15, as God is giving them their instructions. Now, this is, this is how God instructed his people. He says, you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from that day that that you were brought uh, the sheaf offerings, the harvest, and seven Sabbaths shall be complete. The next verse, it says, you shall count 50 days after the seventh Sabbath, then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. So this was a time um, that the Jewish people celebrated Pentecost. It was after the harvest was coming in. And they would, they would count 50 days, um, and they would celebrate a great party of thanksgiving. So um, the Pentecost has several, um, it's, called, it's also called the Feast of Weeks, uh, in, in, in the weeks of the, uh, of, of the month. Um, it's, it's called the, the, the Feast of the Latter First Fruits. Um, and it was actually uh, the time that, that we see that he invited them to come up to the mountain to have a personal experience with the living God. And that's what was happening in Acts chapter 2. Jesus had told them, you guys wait in Jerusalem because I'm going to give you a personal visitation. I'm going to give you a visitation that will, that will show my reality in your lives. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost, they're celebrating the Feast of Pentecost, had fully come, there were, they were there all in one accord in one place. If you, if, you, um, if you just go a little bit deeper into God, you'll realize that many times God is not in a place of desolation. What I'm talking about, God is not in a place of uh, when, when we're separated. He says, I will visit you when you guys are together, when you guys have one, uh, one heart, one spirit, one mind. Jewish people knew that, that God refused, and we could read that real quickly in, in Psalm um, 1. Let me find that psalm real quick, where the Bible says that, that when we're together in harmony, Psalm 133, it says when we're together in harmony, that's when God visits us. And this is the importance of, of celebrating the Lord's table on a, on a consistent and authentic manner. It says there, that it says um, Psalm 133, look how Good, how lined up and pleasant it is for those brethren to dwell together in unity. This is the capacity the Spirit of God has to bring all things to unity. It brings us all to have the same mind, the same thoughts, the same words of God. And it's there in that place where the precious anointing of God begins to pour down from the head, running down to the beard, all the way to the edge of the garments. And it's almost like the, the promise of God's dew of heaven that falls on Hermon, descending upon the mountain of Zion. It's there that the Lord is commanding his blessing and life forevermore. Um, they were so zealous for this unity in their midst that they continued 
to deal with those people that had an inability to come in alignment. And this was a reality amongst the people of God. If anybody, um, remember when, when uh, Moses comes out and, and his sister starts criticizing. And why is Moses doing whatever he feels like it? And look at him. And she broke out with leprosy and the Lord sent her out of the camp. And you say, well, why? I mean, she's his older sister. She's entitled to talk to her little brother. No. No, God wants unity. God wants, God, and this is something deep in the heart of God. And, and some people will play with that to no end. They'll mess with that all over the place. And, and God's not going to play with that. And so he is, is wanting the visitation. They're there in unity. They're in one accord. That was like almost like the combination for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And what happens in verse 2? It says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house and where they were sitting. Then it appeared upon them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this was a powerful visitation of God. I don't know if you can tell me, have you ever experienced a visitation of the presence of God? This is just those times, like this man was saying, the, the man that was on the video, that the way he came to the Lord was one day he's talking with a friend about starting a business, and, and Angus T. Jones says, I want God to be a part of this. And then he goes, no, I want the God to be in all of it. I want him to be the center. I'm sure he loves that song, Jesus at the center of it all. And, and when you put God in his place, he says, that was the moment that I was born again. God came into me. And so supernatural, the, the spirit of God wants to give us a visitation. And I want to stay here just for a second um, to, to expand a little bit because of what I'm seeing in this world that so many people are influenced and driven and led by so many other spirits. I want to tell you that as I was driving here from the city hall where they were swearing in the mayor tonight, that I was thanking God for the spirit of God that is upon us. This is just so powerful because I saw previous um, members of our community that were the politicians. And, they, you know... Um, ex-former mayor of Miami, Joe Carollo was there and, and some commissioners and stuff. And I'm like, how, how could men live being influenced by another spirit and not the spirit of God? I mean, this man has left his family. He's left, you know, a, a real horrible mark in the history of his family. And, and yet... Um, He's still wanting some type of, of inclination towards the greed of power and, and, and prominence in our city. And I, I promise you that if the Spirit of God came upon him, he would just fall to the ground and weep and weep and weep in anguish. And so as I was driving back to the church tonight, I was saying, Lord, thank you for a more excellent spirit. Not only thank you for a more excellent spirit, but there is no reserve and measure 
and lack of that spirit that wants to come upon us fully and entirely. And so tonight, you can, you can really, uh, and I, I want to press into that just a little bit, um, because so, it's so easy for us to have a different visitation, a different influence, the, the apathy, the indifference, the, the colding of your walk in the Lord. And you cease to have the thoughts of God. And you cease to have that, that embrace and that presence. Uh, in fact, when this young man is talking about that moment where he says, I want God to be all of my life in this, in this, um, in this enterprise, in this endeavor. And, and they ask, well, how did it feel at that moment? He says, look, I felt like every part of my body was being hugged. I felt the, the most amazing embrace. And, and that is the spirit of God. It's a spirit that welcomes. It's a spirit that doesn't allow rejection. See, if they were going to be effective witnesses of the presence of God upon the earth, they needed a different spirit because they were going to get shot and stabbed and killed and offended. How many have gone through that? And you feel like going, Lord, get them. Let the fire of God come on you. You're going to hell. See, that's not the spirit of God. See, we don't like to be rejected and we don't like to be ashamed. Those are the two things that we feel when God is absent. There's a grave sense of rejection. There's a grave sense of shame. So, so we'll see what these guys were like before that outpouring of the Spirit of God. In Luke chapter 9, verse 53, I'm reminded of the, uh, the disciples going into a village with Jesus. And as they were going into that village, the village did not receive the Lord. They didn't want the message. They didn't want to hear about God. They didn't want to hear about the cross. They didn't want to hear about salvation and sin and forgiveness and redemption. They didn't want to celebrate the Passover. They didn't want to celebrate Pentecost. And they were totally rejected. And he says, they did not receive him because his face was set for a journey to Jerusalem. Why are you going to go where God wants us to be? Why are you moving contrary on the outskirts of Jerusalem where all the people that were backsliding, the Samaritans, they started marrying other people, and they forgot the law, and they wouldn't keep the feast. I just want to tell you, where are you? Are you headed towards Jerusalem? Are you headed to a place where the infilling of the Spirit of God is being of a greater measure? Or are you like slowly, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wake, working my way out of this influence? And so here, because they were in the journey of the Lord. And so they're not going to stay like that. They're not going to stay in rejection. They're not, he says they did not receive them. And, and these disciples were not into not being received. We've all experienced at one time or the other the depth of being rejected. What, what's it say in verse 54? They go over to the Lord and they said, and when his disciple James and John saw this, saw what? saw that they were rejecting the Lord, saw that they were rejecting the Spirit of God. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and just barbecue these guys? Just as Elijah did? How, how many have great ideas like this quick when you're walking in the wrong spirit? This is like this quick, we're filled with a different spirit. What's coming out of our hearts and our minds, our thoughts are the most twisted and perverse thoughts. And, and I was talking to a man yesterday who I hadn't seen for 20 years, and, and he's losing his family, he's losing his marriage, he's losing his children, and, and every expression of his pain 
is contrary to the Spirit of God. Every, every time he tells his children something about their mom, every time he answers something to his wife, it's the wrong words, it's the wrong sentiment, it's going to really, really um, bring to- toxic contamination. And I said, the way you are expressing your pain and your hurt is going to fulfill further destruction. You're living out the devil's game plan for your life. We talked about it last week. If you were here, uh, we were talking about Thanksgiving and gossip and, and complaining and murmuring. How easy it is for us to describe what's happening. And, and he would tell me, but it's what's happening. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not bringing my negativity. I'm just describing what's happening. I said, man, start telling your daughters, thank God for you that you have a mom. Thank God that, that you know, even though we're having issues, we're a family. And you begin to confess, but listen to me, you can't do it unless you're filled with the Spirit of God. If, if there's not a more excellent spirit. And so what does Jesus respond to them in verse 55? He responds just that same thing. He says to me, gentlemen, we are not of that spirit. He turned and rebuked them. He called their attention and said, you do not know what manner, what kind of spirit you're supposed to belong to. I'm here to to solve the problems. I'm here to resolve. I'm I'm here to bring remedy. And and there's some people that are walking in the influence of a different spirit. They're never going to remedy the spirit of unity. The Bible says that that we see in the end days that that, uh, it's Revelations chapter 2. There's a spirit that destroys family and destroys the church. And it's right there in, in, in Revelations chapter 2 where he says, listen, I have this thing against you that you're putting up with a spirit that is not my spirit. And in that regards, in verse 20, it's uh, Revelations 2.20, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a minister, a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit immorality and to eat sacrifice. She has idols in her life. Giving her time to repent, she did not repent. And so that spirit is a very powerful spirit that brings division. It brings uh, total separation. Um, The word Jezebel means the inability to be husbanded. She doesn't want a husband. She doesn't want to come into unity with the provision of God. And so uh, we know that the spirit of God is there. It's a spirit of unity. It's a spirit of oneness. It's a spirit of getting on the same page. It's what allows a father and a son to get on the same page. He says he'll turn the hearts of the father towards the sons, the heart of the sons towards the father. Why? It's a spirit of paternity. Uh, Galatians chapter 4 verse 6, he says, Don't you know that we have been given a, a different spirit? It's not a spirit that's running from dad. It's a spirit that goes into your heart and allows you to cry, I want to be on the same page with my dad. I want to, I want to be able to respect and to honor. And so all these things are matters of the spirit that is governing our lives. And we've always said it that uh, when we pastor, people come into church and say, no, pastor, uh, you, you remind me of my dad. The tone you speak with, you correct me, you draw boundaries, you're calling my attention, you put me on discipline, you deal with my life in areas no one else does. And I say, well, that's great because God doesn't want you to be an orphan. God doesn't want you to be fatherless. 
He wants you to have correction. He wants you to not despise it because it'll make you a better person and lead you to a better place. And so the Spirit of God is just that. It's what he was sending on the day of Pentecost. I know so many Christians that speak for hours in tongues and hate fathers, hate correction, despise discipline, don't want to know about it, don't want to hear about it. I want to be far from that voice. And so in that regards, that spirit is the spirit that he was telling them when he says, you guys, the spirit you're walking in is not my spirit. It's not what I have for you. And so I, I, I see verses like Daniel. Let's go to Daniel where this, what, what the spirit of God that wants to come upon our life wants to do. Daniel chapter 6 verse 3. It's described by other people that see us under that spirit. And it says, then this Daniel distinguished himself above all the rest, the spirit of God, because an excellent spirit was upon him. Could I tell you that that's the spirit of the Lord? It's a spirit of excellence. And, and some people, uh, when they see the spirit in work, they're like, well, they just want to, they want to govern and control my life. No, no, no. They want you not to lose your life. Uh, years ago, my next door neighbor says, Joaquin, you just want to control me. I said, no, no, no. I just don't want you to lose your wife. And he lost his wife. I don't want you to lose your children. And he lost his two daughters. I don't want you to lose your relationship with the body of Christ. And he's lost it. Um, and so we become so sarcastic. Um, Dr. Robert Crosby, I'm reading his book. You guys get to buy it when he brings it down this week. It's called The Teeming Church. He says the whole plan of God for the church is to be united in the spirit of God through something called honor. Can I tell you that the spirit of God is so excellent, it allows you to honor all people above your peers and those underneath you. It allows you to serve incessantly. And so that was the spirit that was upon Daniel. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole kingdom. It's a, it's, it's, it's a spirit of leadership. It's to be a catalyst. You know why? Because a leader serves. And when you don't have that spirit on you, when you have a spirit of laziness, when you have a spirit of apathy, indifference, the Lord rebuke those spirits right now in Jesus' name. Just remove them out of our lives. We should fight to have those things shaken off us. The Bible says shake, shake, shake. Shake the dust off your feet. Get those things off of you. Let the Spirit of God come upon you. It's a spirit of excellence. Uh, we also read um, Samson when he's born. Uh, the Bible says as soon as he was born, the Spirit of God came upon him and he was filled with amazing presence of the Lord. And I want to, I want to read that real quickly in um, Judges chapter... If we go to Judges 14, you'll see that the Spirit of the Lord gives you the ability to, to fight the battles that are coming against us. And I want to tell you that, that when there's a spiritual battle taking place, we're not the coward... We're not to bend over and allow the influence of spirits that are not from the God, Lord to govern us in directions we're not supposed to go. The Bible says, let's put it up there, Judges 14, in verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in the power so that he tore, he tore the lion apart 
And the Bible says that the devil is, is going about as a lion seeking he, whom he may devour. For you to grab anything that is contrary to the Spirit of God and just bust his jaw. Say, you're not going to sink your teeth into me. You're not going to come and tear me apart. I'm going to tear you apart. Um, and though he had nothing in his hands, but um, he kept this a secret during that whole time. Some people see other people with the Spirit of God upon them. And, and as people saw Moses filled with the Spirit of God, they began to complain. What's Moses think? He's the only big shot around here? Listen to me. He says like this in Numbers eleven twenty nine. This is what, what Moses said. He says, listen, I wish that all of you, Moses said to them, are you, are you feeling negative because of what I'm walking in? Oh, that all of the Lord's people were able to speak and, and, and be thoroughly endowed with the presence of God. And, and you know something? Other things come upon us, and we're bold in, in other spirits. And we're bold in, other, in our fear. We, we, we safeguard our fear. We make that strong. And the Lord wants you, the Spirit of God, be governing your life. Be, be leading your battles. I want to read this other verse in 1 Corinthians where it says that, that there is another spirit that's governing this world and we're not to walk. In 1 Corinthians 2.12, Paul is telling the church in Corinth, listen, the spirit we have received, now we have received not the spirit of the world. I, I don't, you guys could do this exercise Put spirit of the world, put an underline on it, and just start putting all the manifestations of what the spirit of this world is. And I want to tell you, the spirit of the world is something you go and get, and you think you, you have to resolve your issues, but it's not the spirit of God. He says, but the spirit that is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. So the spirit of the world are things that we need to pay for, and that we need to strive for, and you're always upset. You're always upset because you want something that you think you, you, you don't deserve. And, and there's nothing like having the spirit of a son. I, I just did. I'm preparing my, my message for Switzerland. I'm going to share it here down the road. But, but God wants us to be perfect through his spirit. Listen, real quick. This is a snapshot. Perfect in the understanding of a father character relationship. Amen. You're to love father. If you don't love Father, you have a serious problem. Amen. And he wants us, that's why he gave us Father Abraham. Had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. He wants us to know a relationship with a father. He wants us to love that relationship. But he's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He wants his people to thoroughly and deeply and profoundly know what a son is. He's a God that manifests the heart of a father, and he's a God who manifests the, the heart of a son. And I want to tell you a secret about a son. A son doesn't worry because he has an inheritance. Amen. And God gives him everything freely. Amen. He sits still because he knows that he has, he has what the father, every good and perfect gift comes from the father. So you're not going to move, you're not going to strive, you're not going to be an orphan. You're not going to say... Um, look what you did to me. You'll learn like Joseph saying, this was my dad. This wasn't you guys. I'm not going to give you guys credit for what went on in my life. My father, he's in control. He knows all things. 
And he works all things for good. So, and then the last one is the God of Jacob. Now, what's, what's with Jacob? Well, he's the God that could establish us the fullness. I want you guys to understand this. Press into this. The fullness of what is the Father. The fullness of what is the Son in Isaac. And then the fullness of what is Jacob, which is somebody who needs the power of the Holy Spirit to transform his deceitful heart into a faithful son. Because he's gone off the track. He, he was out of control. And so he had to come to the place where he had a, a change from Jacob to Israel, the father of nations. And that's the work that God is doing in us. And it's all done through the Spirit of God. And it's freely given to us. Romans 8.15 says, You did not receive a spirit that makes you someone that has lost his way, somebody who's enslaved, somebody who's captive, you didn't receive this spirit. On Pentecost, the spirit that was coming down was the perfect, pure, powerful spirit of the living God. And it's not a spirit unto bondage, but of fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption. And so that relationship we need to press into in a powerful mindset. Otherwise, we'll carry around the spirit in 2 Samuel 16, 9. A man was throwing rocks at David, and his next door neighbor, his, his bodyguard says, hey, I'm going to cut this guy's head off, man. Let's just go do it. So Abishai, the son of Saruai, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord? Why is he messing with you? Please let me go over there and take his head off. See, if you ever think like that, you're, it's not the spirit of God right out. I'm telling you right now. The spirit of God would be the spirit that was upon David. And it's in the next verse where he says, hey, Abishai, the king said, what have you to do, what I have to do with you, you sons of Saruai? So let him curse because the Lord has said to him, curse. David, who then shall say, why have you done so? David is saying, listen, if God has allowed this guy to mess with me, it has a purpose. God wants to deal with me. I can't go around killing and chopping everybody's head off that, that, that messes with me. I need to allow that person to do a work of character in my heart. Verse 11 says like this. And David said to Abishai and all his servants, see how my son who came from my own body seeks my life. How much more now this Benjamite. Let him alone and let him curse me. For so the Lord is allowing him to do that. Have you ever thought of that? If you had the spirit of God, you would. Is this, this guy's messing with me? He's getting me very upset. The Lord wants me to change the way I'm getting upset. I'm about to go beat him up. And no, that's not the spirit of the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon us to be able to do very powerful things for his glory. And so um, we're going to touch on one more verse before we finish tonight. And I, all I want to do in, in starting out the book of uh, the uh, the second chapter is for you to begin to consider that what the Lord wants to do, and, and sad, I want to tell you sad, because uh, in Pentecost, when the Lord was coming down on the mountain, they started running. They didn't receive that spirit, because they said, well, if we receive that spirit, then we're not going to be able to retaliate. We're not going to be able to, we're going to die. We might as well not even be alive. If somebody slaps you, you can't slap them back. What kind of a spirit is this? No, see, they ran. And then the Lord had to begin to give them commandments. And that's when we start being religious. And you know people that are religious, right? 
They could only work under like, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to stand here. You can't talk to them like that. And just rules and rules and rules and rules and rules because the spirit of God is not in their life. It's sad. That's a, that's a religious person. And so they leave the church. The pastor's not there. The Bible's not there. The preacher's not there. The brothers from church are not. And they just go world all out into another spirit. They're not cultivating the spirit of God. They don't act. They, they don't, they don't, the spirit of God is not manifested in their life in that manner. So then comes all the commandments, and that's where it was when they ran from the presence of God that he gave them uh, just tons and tons of commandments. If you're living by the commandments, and I just wanted to go here real quick. Um, if we're walking in the spirit of the Lord, there are no commandments. In his presence and in his love, all commandments, you're not going to steal, you're not going to lie, you're not going to cheat, you're, you're walking in the spirit of God, you're not going to be driven to doing these things. When you turn away from the spirit of God, then you'll start seeing all the commandments. Because commandments are like road signs, stop, yield, you're going the wrong way, stop, you're going over the cliff, and you're, so if you have a lot of religiosity in your life, you're walking farther and farther from the presence of God. And that's where we see the Jewish people today. They told God, we don't want to walk in the spirit towards you. So their whole life became regimented by rules and by religious laws. And so you don't want to be that type of a Christian. You want to be filled with the spirit of God. And when you're filled with that presence, and you're going to see that, that you're not going to be putting it on and pretending to be a Christian. You are going to be a Christian. You are going to be walking in that power that God gave his disciples on that day of Pentecost. Let's stand tonight. And, and you know, all I can tell you, um, if you fill yourself with the spirit of God, you're not going to walk in religiosity. I don't have to tell you, you have to be at church. You're going to want to be at church. I don't, there, there doesn't have to be an imposition of things that you have to do. It's just going to flow from you. This young man who we just saw on that video clip, he started saying, I can't be on that program. And that is a work of the Spirit of God. Because he makes $300,000 an episode. And he's saying, I don't care. Because it's not about money. It's not about rules. Nobody's forcing me to do that. Just the Spirit of God that's upon me does not allow me to live like that. So I want to pray also that the Spirit of God would fill your lives would fill my life to a greater measure that we, might, um, that we might continue to walk in those things that please the Lord. Um, that the revelation of the Spirit of God is not like, should we just call fire down from heaven? Should we just go ahead? And, and I, I see husbands all the time, and they're Christian husbands, and they run up to me, and you know what they tell me? Look at everything my wife has done. I'm like, look, look, look. And they, they describe everything. And then they go, so can I get a divorce? I'm like, you have no idea. We don't belong to that spirit. We don't belong to that spirit. That's totally contrary to the spirit of God. And so in the same manner as uh, we said it last week, as offense becomes our gateway back into the world and back to be atheist against God, as we complain 
and murmur and lose faith and thankfulness and gratitude, thanksgiving, humility, uh, all those things are the fruit of the Spirit. You'll see them there in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 22. It would be challenged to ask yourself, is this my expression? The fruit. It's only one fruit. It doesn't say fruits. The full expression, in other words, of the Spirit of God is love, is joy, is peace, is long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. These are the expression of the Spirit of God. It's not the many expressions. It's the expression. Verse 23, gentleness, self-control. When you're walking in the Spirit, there are no laws. You're not, you're not seeing any signs. Don't steal, don't kill, don't treat her that way, don't say that. Because you're walking towards God. And in his presence, there's a perfect unity. There's a perfect peace. And so you don't have to sit there and point. These religious men got so confused. They said, okay, you said that we're to love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? Because they wanted God to pick one. Man, he's my neighbor. Okay, so I'll treat him good. Everybody else, you guys, forget it. We could get real religious real quick. But if the Spirit of God is upon you, it doesn't matter if it's Manny or Gary or Omar or George or Joey. It's going to be the same Spirit. There's going to be an expression of an uplifting, honorable, pure, excellent Spirit. And so that's what God wants to be upon His children. Um, Father, we give you thanks tonight for being able to meditate and to hear your Spirit, hear your Word understand your presence and Lord how horrible our tendency is to quickly 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 be moved in another spirit to defy to challenge to despise and disobey to walk contrary to the heart of God fill us with your spirit oh God fill us with the presence of the living God that leaves us not as orphans, but allows us to say, thank you, Dad. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you care for me. And even the animosity and the, the contradictions and the rejections that I feel are opportunities to allow my love to pour forth and be a witness for you, to be a martyr, a living dead person, a living sacrifice that would bring a pleasing aroma before your presence every time I have an opportunity to have an expression of your love in this world bless this congregation Lord bless the families that come here oh God give them a full measure of your spirit not only here at church Lord but in their cars at their work in their homes with their children oh God on vacation allow us to be those vessels of honor the expressions of your mercy and grace in Jesus name we pray amen and amen won't you just greet somebody in the name of the Lord and soul cafe is open